We're excited to announce that our very own podcasting platform, Zencaster, has become the new sponsor to the show. Check out the podcast discount link in our show notes. Stay tuned for why we love using Zencaster for the podcast. Are you looking to start your journey in podcasting but not sure how? Kangaroo Firm Media Lab got you covered. Everything you need to know in launching and growing your podcast is here. Book a call now at kangaroofirm.com. By the way, I just released my ebook Harness the Power of Podcasting. To get a free copy, just go over to mikosantos.co/freebook. That is m i k o s a n t o s.co/freebook. This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab. Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.k-a-n-g-a-r-o-o-f-e-r-n.com It's Adelaide's podcast on Ozpod Syndicate. Australia was rated 14 as the best place to be a woman social entrepreneur by Thomson Reuters Foundation. For this episode, we're talking about social enterprise. I've been chasing her since last year to be to be my guest to my podcast. Her busy schedule was not easy to time, easy time to to get her. So, please welcome Moira Ware. The founder of Chooks. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Miko. Appreciate your patience and persistence. Yeah, love to have you on my podcast. So, what is Chooks? Yeah. So, what is Chooks? Chooks is um, uh, basically an online Facebook group, which um, does have a few other people who aren't in the Facebook group, but essentially that's what it is. Designed to close the gender investment gap, so it was originally designed for uh, women, female founders in both startups and social on- enterprises. So the main goal was to bring entrepreneurs together who had a common interest in closing the gender investment. When when did it started? So it started. Uh, will be three years old in May this year. So in another month. Uh, it's April now, in 2020, and it started because I had a couple of um, ideas about the issues that women, female founders, were facing. I was talking with a couple of young women, uh, not together, separately, who had come to me for mentoring and advice. One was in a, a developer in a startup business, and the other one was in a social enterprise and a not-for-profit business. And they were both having difficulties around raising investment and being taken seriously. And they were both, and continue to be quite extraordinary women. And once I started talking to them, it became clear to me that their gender was playing a part in what was going on for them and the barriers. So I set up a Facebook group just to um, invite my friends to put in any articles or anything of interest that they were noticing and just kept it as a closed group. And when we got to about 100 people, I thought, oh, it sounds like there's more than me who's interested in this. It's still a closed group, but you can join if you request and answer a few questions. But we're now nearly 3,000 people. So it started just for Facebook? Just mm. with the online. And so um, we invite... 
Um, in my background, I'm originally a social worker, a community development person. So I worked on the principle that you had to invite your friend to come so um, and that you would answer a few questions like, how did you find out about the group? What will you be willing to give and to get? And how would you like to uh, contribute to closing the gender investment gap? Just a little bit curious, uh, Moira. Why chooks is the name? <laughs> uh -huh. Great, great question. So, well, I'm not a chick. So, you know, there's that colloquial term about, you know, girls and women being chicks and chicky babe and all that kind of um, uh, loose language uh, to diminish women and make them small and, and like little chickens and not be, you know, strong uh, people. And... Um, but I'm definitely not a chick. I'm um, 61 now and so I'm more of a chook someone who's a bit older. So in Australian slang, you know, chooks are usually, um, you know, a bit more senior in the mm -hmm. um, picking order. Um, and often that's been a, a term to, to be a bit um, negative and also don't take people seriously. So I'm trying to reclaim um, and the fun of it. It's so important to have a bit of fun. Everything's so serious. And a couple of years ago, I did Seth Godin's Alt MBA. And one of the things that he always says is, you know, choose a name that's memorable. And um, I'd already chosen Chook. So I thought that was a really great uh, endorsement, the idea that something's a bit memorable and, and people do get curious. So they ask. So it's like an invitation into a conversation. Someone want to be part of the chooks. How how it's worked? So they um, look for it on Facebook. So Chooks SA is it for South Australia? And um, then you'll answer a few questions. And as long as you're not looking for real chickens and you're interested in the topic of the gender investment gap, I'll let you in the door. <laughs> let you into the uh, into the community. Uh, so it's not that hard. We very rarely let and don't accept people. The few people I haven't accepted is because they've been looking for chickens or wanting to buy roosters or things like <laughs> that. So, um, so our name is a bit confusing just to the general public. But mostly um, people uh, come in because a friend's recommended them and that's our preferred way of doing it because it is then helping build community and also build the culture around um, being supportive. So one of the things we say is that we don't wear rose-coloured glasses. We understand that there are issues to be dealt with, um, but at the same time, we want to build everyone up and not take people down. So we have a really strong culture about supporting each other, being positive, being curious. It's okay to ask questions, but do it in a way that is supportive and opening up the conversation rather than closing something down. Since this inception, how many do you do? Can you tell us some good story? Since yeah, the, I can tell you lots of great yeah. stories. <laughs> so um, one of the things that continually surprises me, and it's such a joy, is that people find one another. They discover that there's common interests, and so people have found customers. They've found jobs. They have found collaborators for their businesses. They've found people who can be part of a whole logistics chain. Um, so in the, just in the last few months, there's been quite a conversation around housing and older women and women, the gender investment gap there is once you're in Australia over uh, as a result of the um, Royal Commission that we've just had into the banks, for example, once you get to 55, you're not eligible 
um, for uh, getting bank loans very easily. And for many women, that's quite a problem because they perhaps have been running a family, uh, working part-time or even working full-time with a family, and maybe their, um, their personal circumstances have changed, they've been divorced or whatever, and so they're now in positions at that age where they can't get the um, capital that they need to do their work. So that came up as an issue. Lots of people started talking about it, giving their own personal stories as well as um, having an interest in the topic. And out of that's now spun a working group to um, actually start looking at it. And I've got a few institutional supporters around that. Another example was during, in January this year, we had the terrible bushfires in Australia and um, in South Australia, we're very close to Kangaroo Island and also the Adelaide Hills, which were devastated with fires. And so a lot of the women were involved, or a lot of the trucks um, were involved with um, supporting those businesses. And we had two tours, Kangaroo Island, where people just got together and organised a bus and uh, got on the, went over on the ferry and spent their money, so to support those businesses. Um, and to support female founders. They're just two simple examples. Another one from the bushfire time was also we created a statement, a climate change statement about what is, what is the feminist issue around climate change. And that policy document is on the chooksa.com website for people who want to use it. So a number of our community have been able to download that and use that in their own conversations with investors, with funders, with their government agencies, with the people they work with. So there's just three quick examples. That's just from the first few months of this year, and that happens all the time. The one you tell us, is this part of um, Chook Female Founders Service? Yes, so um, Chooks, because it's a Facebook group, it really is trying to be self-organising. And so while I curate and support the group, what we try and do is get people to organise themselves. So, for example, with, um, with, you know, with COVID-19, there are a couple of people, um, one person's a, a chemist, another one's working in um, uh, health and beauty, and together they have organised um, some importing of um, hand sanitizer because they have contacts in China and also in Korea. And so they're just getting a big order together for everyone around who wants to do that. So we've had got members, for example, who work in the health industry, who are in health and beauty, in disability, in aged care. So they've been able to get together to create. So I'm, I don't organise that. We just create the conditions by which those initiatives can be taken. Oh, right. Just fantastic. That's a good um, collaborator. So doesn't understand what is social enterprise. So yeah, so social enterprise doesn't need to, doesn't necessarily mean not for profit. It certainly means not for loss. <laughs> um, but a social enterprise is any enterprise which is trying to make sure that it gets the social uh, or environmental purpose as well from the business. And so the social enterprises can take all sorts of forms. Um, many of us are familiar with social enterprises like the St Vincent de Paul and the Goodwill um, Opportunity Shop. And they've been existing for many, many years. Um, we also have social enterprises that have really... Uh, been our traditional not-for-profit sector. So businesses like Meals on Wheels, for example, I would say fit, falls into that category. Um, and then we've got social enterprises where it's been a commercial business that now has been pivoted to actually be, have a social outcome. 
So Sarah Gunn's business, uh, Go Go Events, would be an example of this. So she had a very uh, successful event management business and she pivoted a few years ago now to create uh, opportunities for people who are homeless or at risk of homeless to be her staff for the labour hire team. And now, of course, um, the event management business is really well and truly on the ropes because of COVID-19. And so she's pivoting again to do all sorts of other things where those people can be um, employed and receive opportunities for training and employment around, um, you know, providing gift packages, supporting children and families within, um, who have child protection issues, that kind of thing. So there's all sorts of ways social enterprises can take shape. For example, um, really uh, a lot of social enterprises in the hospitality sector. So in South Australia, um, the food print experience that uh, Melissa Rayner runs is a good example of this, where she's connecting both good food, learning opportunities, and food that's sourced ethically and grown locally. So you're actually trying to do more than one thing. So a social enterprise is really focusing on the purpose and the result. And that result isn't just a financial result, but it's also a result for employment opportunities, results for our planet, and making sure that um, really I think the best way to think about it is how the, uh, you know, the sustainable development goals of the United Nations have put out as a way of measuring what you do. So you're not just measuring your impact in dollars and cents, you're measuring your impact in social, economic, cultural and environmental outcomes as well. Is the social enterprises the in thing today? Some of the company are going to this type of um, business structure? Um, well, it's a social enterprise isn't a business structure, it's a business result. So you can be a company, you could be a cooperative, you can be mm -hmm. an association, be a partnership, you can be a sole trader and still be a social enterprise. Um, it's really about what you do and how you do it that makes it a social enterprise. So we have, um, you know, in lots of cooperatives that are uh, social enterprises. And in fact, the Hen House, which is the co-op that's grown out of Chooks that I founded with others, is an example of that. So it's a not-for-profit, non-distributing cooperative. But it has um, our objectives are to support women um, start up their own co-ops co um, and with purpose. So that would be an example of that. So uh, while um, social enterprises are certainly um, growing in um, in numbers, uh, it's we've, there's very few supports for social enterprises in Australia, um, ex with the exception perhaps for Victoria, which has a public policy around social enterprise, and that's something that we're really working hard for here in Australia as well. But in other parts of the world, Scotland's a good example of this, and Canada, um, social enterprises are very much a, um, a go-to and flavour of the month. They certainly, um, we hope we can get to that stage here in Australia as well. But then when I think about developing countries and many of our neighbours in Asia and the Pacific, the concept of a social enterprise really makes no sense because people are actually doing good for their own communities every day. Um, so I hope one day we come to the point where we don't have any um, social enterprises, but all businesses are businesses for purpose. And that's when we know that um, we're really pivoting for the kind of world we want to be because that way everyone benefits, the environment benefits and cultures benefit. It's not just about the, the purse 
for the one individual or as group of shareholders. So you're talking about the hen house cooperative. What is the difference between the hen house co-op between the two? Uh-huh. So I think about this like a football team. So you know when you have um, fans in a footy club, um, so that's kind of like chooks. And then you have the members of the football club. That's really what the hen house co-op is about. So the members are the ones who take it to the next level. They don't just turn up to every game, but they are there doing the work behind the scenes. They're actually mm-hmm. dealing with the structural um, systems change that we want to make happen in the world. So Chooks is also a bit of a distribu- distribu- distribution network, I'll get those words out, uh, where people can share knowledge and pass it around. And So given that it's uh, much more self-organised, it's a very collaborative space. While the Hen House is a very specific programmatic approach to systems change and we have three uh, programs so when you join the co-op as a co-op member you're part of what we call give a cluck and that's when you're making a contribution to by saying one thing you're going to do a year to help close the gender investment gap the second program is called the incubator and that is a it is an ideation incubator to help people get their ideas into some kind of minimal uh, viable product And the women that come into that are women for whatever reasons perhaps might not be able to do that because they're in the regions or perhaps um, domestic violence or in-between jobs or whatever reason perhaps haven't had those opportunities. And then the third program is called Hatched, which we haven't quite started yet. It's because the hen house isn't even a year old yet. It's only about eight months old. So we're just beginning there. And Hatched is uh, going to be a mentoring and learning space for existing businesses for female founders and also a way of people um, being able to register their business and build a bit of a local um, logistics chain so that people can be um, buying from one another and supporting one another um, through it as customers to each other. Just like a different program on in one like in one football st- stadium. So there's a yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly like that. So it's like we've got three different games running. We've got, you know, if you've got your under-15s and the a- AFL and then you've got the, uh, the veterans. <laughs> <laughs> Under your Chook SA, so what is mentor matching? Is that- uh, so we, we try to encourage, we're going to do more of this in Hatched. At the moment it's been very informal in Chooks SA, but under the Hen House, It'll be a formal program um, and it'll be peer support predominantly um, as well. So peer-to-peer mentoring. So people though in Chooks are always sending me messages asking for a mentor, asking for some support. And so really that's been very reliant on my knowledge or the knowledge of a few few key people about what's a good fit for one another. And um, I do a lot of that informally. So that's been kind of my gift to the community. Um, however, it's just not sustainable. There's no way I can keep up. So we're going to make that a formal program within um, the hen house. So there'll be um, the plan is that um, people will be able to do it in small groups, you know, like four or five people. And so there'll also be peer-to-peer support rather than just a one-on-one. If people do want to have one-on-one support, well, then that will be a fee-for-service. But at the moment, it's really been voluntary and people supporting one another. When you founded the Chooks, um couple of years ago and now it's 2020 do you think you already addressed the gender investment gap on startup and social enterprise no we're on we're making a contribution um i wouldn't say it'll ever be over um for example in australia venture capital 
less than 4% of venture capital goes to female founders. So we're going to be, it's going to be a long time before we get the 50-50 there. Um, uh, and all, but really, we're, I'm really interested in different models of um, how female um, founders can get investment. Mm -hmm. And so we've seen some fabulous things in the last few years. Not that Chooks in any way has can, um, can claim any contribution to these, but we can start to see some new models emerging. So, for example, with equity crowdfunding, which is now legal in Australia, um, the largest uh, capital raise for that was with um, Shebar last year, uh, which is a, like a, um, a transport service, female-founded transport service for women um, customers. And that had something like over 90% of all the investors were women. So that was really powerful. Also, the largest um, not-for-profit community um, crowdfunding was also for a food service and um, there was something like 70-80% of that was also female founded, female investors. So we know that when women want to support women, um, they don't necessarily have the huge amount of money that a venture capital company would have, but you can crowdsource them. Um, the other model that's really starting to take shape in Australia is CEO, which is um, trying to create an international perpetual fund of a billion dollars and we've just started in Australia we're in our second year here and um, each year they're trying to raise a hundred thousand dollars for um, at least five female founded businesses we're not quite there yet but we're making a start towards that and I think that's another really exciting model as a different way of getting uh, closing the gender investment gap. And then the third way that's really starting to emerge is peer-to-peer -peer lending. So women uh, can set up, and because now these systems are a little bit more available to um, through the technology, that's also starting to emerge. And women lending to women just privately and you know confidentially behind closed doors, rather than um, having to put themselves through. Um, all sorts of uh, hurdles and hoops to get funding. In light of the funding, say, one of the main issues of start their business is the funding. Um, do you, re do you what, what is your advice to someone wanted to start up a business, but the issue is that you got not enough money? Well, I think the first thing is to start. <laughs> so many people don't actually start. They talk about it, they think about it, they tinker with it, but they don't actually get out there and do it. And so um, one, I think the biggest barrier is, you know, imposter syndrome, people not feeling confident enough to do it and not having enough support around them to encourage and give positive feedback and, um, you know, give them an opportunity to test their ideas which is one of the reasons we started the incubator in the hen house because we noticed that a lot of the um, incubator programs, you know, whether they are being run by venture capital or by the universities, they, they're right, very, very few community-based um, incubator programs and that's we really wanted to address that gap so that ordinary women could have a chance to have a go and just start thinking about it in a supportive environment. So that's the first thing. The second thing that we've learnt um, through our program and we see it everywhere is that people don't talk to customers. They talk to their peers, they talk to potential investors, but they haven't tested their idea with real customers. So um, that's one of the 
the most important thing. So imposter syndrome, not talking to customers. And then the third thing which we're trying to address um, through the hen house and also in Chooks is having a supportive community where you have actually have also got a distribution network because you can have all the investment in your life, but actually the best investors are customers. So people who are buying your gear. So uh, we really want to foster that as much as anything and um, have a safe place where you can test and trial your ideas and your products and, or services. Is that what Collab for Good is? Uh, so Collab for Good's a little different. So Collab for Good's an initiative of myself, Sarah Gunn from GoGo -Go Events and Amy Orange from Fourth Sector Solutions. And the three of us um, felt that we could combine our efforts and really have a strong uh, kind of an intermediary role um, around the learning and also around um, opportunities where we see some gaps in the market, in the ecosystem, and particularly around social enterprise. So Chooks and, Chooks and the Hen House, Chooks is, doesn't, we're kind of agnostic to what kind of business you are. We're focusing on the gender investment gap. Um, in for um, uh, the hen house, we're really focusing on female founders at using co-ops as a model, and CoLab for Good is really focusing on social enterprises. So while we have a, a gender perspective, it's not ex it's not exclusive to women by any means. We do bring a feminist eye to everything we do, but it's not a women's only space. It's definitely um, open to everybody. Um, and we would want that to happen. Um, so CoLab for Good is really trying to identify what the gaps in learning are, so bringing people together for the learning piece and also then um, being provocative into the system about what bits we think are missing. So given COVID-19, we think one piece that's missing at the moment is um, like a resilience fund um, for, so that the small social enterprises have got some place to go if they want to try and um, just you know pay the electricity bill or put some fuel in their car it's a small grant idea so we're getting that off the ground and another initiative we're just about to start is um, the heal and hustle council so this will be like a group of advisors to help advise us on what we think are the top priorities to plug what gaps in the system in the ecosystem around social enterprise what do you say about this? Do you think this COVID-19 is a great disruptor to the business? It's, de it's definitely a great um, disruptor. <laughs> and it's a great distractor as well. It's very easy to get distracted by um, what it's offering and uh, into the space and us, um, you know, losing our focus. Uh, but as a disruptor, because it's such a universal experience for everyone to be at home uh, and also to um, be impacted, it, both in lifestyle and finance and family life, all of those things, uh, it's really, um, you know, it's a big challenge. But it's also an incredible opportunity. Um, and, you know, my position on it, as tragic as all the deaths are, around the world. I think we're doing a brilliant, brilliant job in South Australia. And um, and it's an opportunity for us to not go back to business as usual because we really need to take stock about what is important to us. So the virus and people being home and having time to reflect on what really matters to them 
and to give the planet a bit of a break. I think it's a, it's a great gift to all of us and I hope that we can make the very most of it so that we can um, have a better place for us all to live and the next generations to appreciate and grow up in. So what do you think how the business or the business today, how are they adapting on this different situation? So... Yes, yeah, so businesses are adapting, um, the ones that I know about, mostly they're, they're doing brilliantly. So cafes are now turning into takeaway services. Um, event businesses are distributing their events in, like people are actually dropping off things to everyone's individual, like a party pack to individuals' homes so they can get together online and have their own events, um, you know, via Zoom and teleconferencing. Uh, there's all of those ideas. There's also the, um, you know, the value of having online uh, support is pretty impressive and that really helps the technology certainly making a difference. There are some things that can't be delivered online, like you can't have your face-to-face -face community building things. Um, I'm in a choir and we've been having rehearsals online and um, all that kind of stuff. So. I think mostly people are working out ways to adapt and all of those businesses that said, oh, we could never do these jobs from home are now discovering just exactly how they can do them. One of the biggest challenges for women um, and anyone with a family, but often this burden falls to uh, the care of children and older people to women. And so for them, it's been quite challenging, I think, because they are still doing their jobs, but they might have children on home at the school holidays or have, you know, maybe their childcare centre's been closed down. And they also might have family responsibilities with older relatives and people with disabilities. So I think the impact um, and the um, share of responsibility and the, the, the labour has really fallen to women more than to men. And that will also pick up, um, I think, after, the, after this time of isolation is over, we'll, we will begin to see some consequences for that. We know that the domestic violence rate is rising um, about 40% more than it usually is. So that's quite a big impact for many women who um, aren't safe at home. And that's very, very worrying. So while there's pivoting that's going on, uh, that women are also being impacted in other ways as well. So you have to adjust and adapt on, on this current situation. So yeah. What do you see on the future in five years' time? What do you see on Because you found that a long time ago, in five years' time or more than in the future, what do you see on, on this? So my, my, my vision, yeah, thank you. Great question. My vision would be that uh, Chooks would have 50-50 men and women because everyone wants to help close the gender investment gap. That would be great. Um, and that um, there's a lot more collaboration uh, and respect for female founders and that that gender investment gap has started to close or by some miracle closed. That would be amazing. And um, for the hen house, I'm really hoping what will have happened is that our model um, will have been really well accepted and started to um, be replicated around the world and around Australia at least. So I'm hopeful for those things. And um, I think that for female founders, um, 
know, this is our time because we are really creative, innovative entrepreneurs. So I'm expecting that as a consequence of COVID-19, um, there'll be more and more women willing to be brave enough and have the support of the community and also be um, supported by our public policy for women and female founders to be leading innovations and helping contribute to the sustainable development goals um, being closed and uh, and making that difference. So I'm hoping that they'll be the things that will happen in five years' time. Great. Um, um, any any shout out, any um, parting words to our listener and audience to because it's because of this situation right now, COVID nineteen, and we don't know what's happening. Some a lot of people are losing their job as well. So some business are doing a different, um, just adopting it. So can you get us some message to our listener and audience about this? Um, my main message is um, while you're in this situation and everything's flipped on its head, make the most of it. Um, if you need time to reflect and rest through it, do that. If it's an opportunity for your creativity to start flowing and start thinking of new ideas, do that. If it's an opportunity for you to clean out your cupboards and make sure that you've got everything you need, do that. So make the most of this time to serve you so that you are strong and healthy and happy and a little bit wiser by the time that we come out of this. Um, this is that you don't have to be productive to make this a time. There's a lot of people saying, oh, now's the time to write your book or to solve some mathematical equation. And now's the time to, to be your best self. And whatever that is for you is how best to spend this time. Thank you. Please advise our listener and audience about the Chook if they're interested. Sure, if you want to join um, Chooks SA, just go to Chooks SA on Facebook and you'll be able to do that. You, we can, you can also look up a few things. We've got a very um, little website, chooksessay.com. If you're interested in joining the Hen House, go to henhouse.coop, C-O-O-P, so coop, henhouse.coop, and we'd love to have you there as well. So um, feel free. You can follow me on Twitter at Moira Weir, M-O-I-R-A-W-E-R-E. Always love to hear from you. Thank you so much, Laura. Um, thank you very much uh, for joining our podcast for today. And enjoy the rest of your day as well. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or via RSS. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. It's Adelaide's podcast on OzPod Syndicate. We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com. Are you ready to finally start your own podcast?
maybe you already have one, but need a podcast manager to help you level up. We're here for either. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.kangaroofern.com